there are so many ways in which you can create leverage with time, and there are so many ways where you can unshackle that bond between your time and your income. You've just got to allow your mind to accept that. You are an amazing human being. You're a coach or expert who works hard to make a positive difference for your clients. I'm Joss Willard, and my mission is to help good coaches like you make great profits, so you can live an amazing life helping the people you're meant to serve. This podcast is here to help with that. We'll be bringing you the information, resources, experts, and perspectives to allow your practice to make a difference, support the life you want, and reward you fairly and well for the impact that you bring. Welcome to Profit for Coaches. Hey folks, welcome to the program. I'm Joss Willard, host of Profit for Coaches, and on today's episode, I want to introduce you to a friend of mine named Michael Young. Michael is a productivity expert and a business coach, and he's on a mission to revolutionize the way entrepreneurs invest their time so they can get maximum profits, freedom, and fulfillment. Through his own journey of going from a struggling entrepreneur dealing with crash and flaming burnout to building a thriving business in the course of less than a year, Michael has learned the secrets to harnessing the power of addition by subtraction in the world of business. At the time of this recording, Michael has helped clients from 14 different countries and countless different industries to achieve major breakthroughs in their businesses, creating more time for themselves and the people who matter to them the most. Michael is a qualified veterinary surgeon and animal lover, and as such, he's working to collaborate with charitable organizations around the world to make impacts in the field of wildlife conservation and animal welfare. It's been a thrill to have him on the show. Buckle up, enjoy the episode. There's a lot of cool stuff here. Real quick, our goal here at the podcast is for these episodes to provide techniques, tools, skills, strategies, and inspiration that can help any coaching practice be more profitable. But you want your practice to be more profitable. And while you can get all kinds of great things from this episode and any episode of Profit for Coaches, what will help you even more is advice, guidance, and action steps designed around your unique situation, your life, your practice, your goals, your challenges. How can we best help you with that? The quickest way to get you exactly what you need for your practice is for you to head over to ProfitforCoaches.com. When you're there, click on and grab your Profitable Practice Scorecard. It's absolutely free. It just takes a few minutes. Fill out the scorecard. It will let us know exactly where your practice is and where you want it to go and what you're dealing with. Once you've done that, you'll get a response that tells you exactly what you can do next. The action steps you can take to make your practice more profitable and get you where you want your practice to be as soon as possible. So head on over to ProfitForCoaches.com and grab your Profitable Practice Scorecard today. So we had talked before about the idea of how profit first pre-allocates your money as a, as a cash flow management system and using that for time. Like you're, so you're, you're a productivity expert and managing time is obviously a thing that you hear about a lot or, or, or help clients with a lot. Tell me about how do you typically, a client who's like, how do I manage my time? They feel like they're max capacity and they come to you and, and they're like, all right, time is a problem. How do you get into that? That's a great question because I feel like the modern day consultant or the modern day coach will approach productivity from a place of time management, like the old school time management, as in time block here, time block there, frame mm-hmm. my schedule with a new journal, a new asana, tap dash for a new trip, or all those things. But to be fair, one thing that we've got to first identify with clients here is to is to actually be able to help them recognize, hey, are 
my priorities aligned with my schedule. I have clients come in who are single, who are just a single dude who can dedicate 80 hours per week on their business. They can just grind, 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 and they feel like there's never enough time. And then there's another client who wants to build a lifestyle business with her coaching business with around 20 hours to work with because she's got two kids to also manage and also homeschool. Right. And both of them, where they're working 20 hours per week or 80 hours per week, feel both feel like there's never enough time and they feel like no matter how hard they work, no matter how hard they hustle, there's never enough time. So with just with this example, we have one conclusion. Whether you feel productive or not has got nothing to do with the amount of time that you have available. Same thing as goes to money. Wealth has got nothing to do with how much money you're bringing in. It's about how you're able to structure the way that your money is being allocated towards other investments or spendings. So same thing with time. First of all, we've got to treat our time just like how we treat our money from the first standpoint. Are we actually paying ourselves first? As in, hey, if like a client just came in just two weeks ago and I, told, and, and I asked her, hey, what's your core value? And she says, oh, time with a family, time with no kids. I don't have a schedule. Work, 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 work. I might squeeze in five minutes to check in and text my husband to say that I love him if I have time between Zoom calls. Yep, yep. That's, yep. And that's the misalignment that we see. So I know this a long-winded answer, but when it comes to productivity, we must, first of all, treat the lack of time not as a problem, but as a symptom of the lack of clarity towards what are our true priorities. That is awesome. That is ultimately the core. I've, I've often said to clients, listen, show me your calendar and your checkbook. Although we don't use checkbooks anymore. Show me your calendar, your bank statements, and I'll tell you where your priorities are in life, right? What are you spending your money and your time on? That's what's actually important to you. Um, but I figured that out after, you know, 20 some odd years of banging my head against the wall, trying to do this, you know, doing what I do. How did you get to where you are today? How did you go from, you were a veterinary surgeon, right? So how did you go from, from helping out cats and dogs and parakeets and hamsters to helping coaches, consultants be more productive and more profitable? This is something that would really, really piss my parents off to be fair if they're watching this. But <laughs> when my, when my parents, um, I grew up in a blue collar family, both my, both my parents climbed the corporate ladder. No one in my family, um, in my family tree or no one in my friend group is an entrepreneur. So everything I know as a person who's brought up in a typical Asian background is that you can either be a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, or a failure. So I was like, <laughs> hmm, why not be a vet? Because I love animals and I got good grades. So that's the route I chose. But afterwards, halfway through my clinical year, I just I just came across product of the world of personal development because I was just this Asian dude who just um, got thrown into a foreign country. I was suffering from sort of anxiety, culture shock, all those things. I was like, this is going to change because I never thought this way before. And I was like, oh my God, like there's a whole world out there telling you how to better yourself. And why did they not teach you in school? So I was like, okay. <laughs> and I just immediately dive, like became obsessed with personal development. And it was until my second year that like where, where I came across books, I think in Grow Rich, Millionaire Mindset, Rich and Poor Dad, that lit the entrepreneurial fire within me. So whilst I was still working as a vet student and going through work placements, going through intensive studies, as well as trying to manage a basketball team, which I lead, <laughs> I started also building side businesses mm -hmm. 
all the way until I was graduating um, college. And when I was working as a vet, I was still building sectors businesses as well. I started e-com followed by Amazon FBA, but somewhere along the lines, I just fall, fall completely off track. When I started making money, I was like, oh my God, this is a real business now. I've got grind, I've got hustle, whilst also keeping up with studies, whilst also working a nine to 10 hour per day work placement job or a real like or or afterwards my clinical practice job and became so burnt out yeah. that I stopped working out. I was chronically exhausted. I'm lacking sleep. I'm sleep deprived to the point where one day I was driving home from work and I dozed up at the wheel going 80 miles per hour on a highway. And for some reason I was able to snap out and swerve the other lane. But that was the wake up call. I was like things could be things could have gone very, very wrong there. Yeah. What happened? Why am I, like I was just sitting on a side of a gas station, just traumatized. Mm-hmm. And I began thinking like, how do things go so wrong that I almost kill myself? Why am I trading quote unquote success on paper at the expense of what matters most? And that led me to just dive in into productivity and performance. I binge watch all the courses. I started attending events. I started learning everything that's under the sun and applying it to myself. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, I figured it myself. I was able to reclaim my time. I was able to reclaim, yeah, reclaim my social life. My health got better. My relationships got better. And my business, by me working less, actually grew in revenue. And I started teaching other entrepreneurs because from all these events and from all these networking um, yeah, opportunities, I recognized I was not the only one. And it's actually, there's actually a pandemic going on. I'm not talking about the pandemic pandemic, but I'm talking about a pandemic of entrepreneurs yep. burning themselves out and burning themselves to the ground and sacrificing exactly what they're fighting for just because they want to shoot for a number. Yeah, that's so important because I th- one of the things you said in there was you realized you weren't alone. I feel like there are so many entrepreneurs, regardless of the industry that they're in, that they're grinding and they're burning themselves out and they feel like they're the only ones. They, they Especially they look around on social media and they see all the, you know, 20-something gurus with the thumbs up and the, you know, this is, this is great. And they're like, am I the only person that can't make this work? What's going on? And, I, and it's just like, I got to grind harder. I got to hustle, hustle faster. And it's just like, you see the wall coming and instead of slowing down or turning, it's like, I've got, just got to go full throttle directly at the wall. And it's just ugly what happens when they hit. If nothing else, it's important for them to know, for everyone to know, you're not alone. Like the struggle is real. There's many reasons why 90% of small businesses fail. Part of it is people think they're by themselves. They're the only ones failing or they try and hide it from people that they're failing um, or feel like they're failing and don't get the help they need. Exactly. And that's also a reason why entrepreneurs have a 50% higher chance of getting a depression, um, getting depressed and also a two to three times higher rates of divorce. Yeah. You start the business because you want more time with your family. You want more flexibility. You, you think there'll be more money and more control over your life. And you wind up so often 80 hours a week, never seeing your kids, never seeing your, your spouse, not having a social life until you have no life at all. So that's how do we fix that? So if I were to just distill everything into one short piece of advice for the audience right now, for list of for whoever's listening right now, mm-hmm. go back to your journal and ask yourself, if I don't have any obligations, if I don't have any responsibilities, if I'm not shooting for goals that don't um, that I haven't achieved before, if everything's within my control right now, if money is not an object, what would my ideal life look like? 
Because as decision makers of our lives, and as someone who doesn't have a clock in and clock out, like a full-time job, we have the ability to control our schedules and we've got to reclaim that power. Mm-hmm. And we can only make two types of decisions. Type one, decisions that bring us closer to the ideal life that we, that we want to experience. Type two, decisions that bring us further away from living the life that we want to experience. Yeah. So we've got to recognize this. Like over the past 90 days, have I been making decisions that allows you to invest my time in a way that allows you to go closer to the ideal life that we want to live? Because if we go ahead and take on new projects, new responsibilities, new team members, new projects, whatever it is that you feel will make you fulfilled, but end up allowing those new responsibilities to just weigh on your shoulders and have you say no to family time or say no to whatever is most important to you, then we're essentially hustling towards the wrong direction. Yep. Yep. There's um, Mike Michalowicz talks about that. When you have a business owner who's in pain, they're in point A, they want to get to point B, which is something good, but they just sit at point A until the pain gets so high that they will do anything to get out of that pain and they'll go in any direction. Well, the problem is there are an infinite number of directions that you can run away from pain, but only one of them leads to point B. And one out of infinite is not a good number, not good odds. So how do you avoid that pain building up in point A? Or how do you move from point A towards point B before the pain gets catastrophic? Self-awareness and external perspective. Self-awareness and external perspective, is that what you said? Yes. Yes. The reason why is because human beings are just hardwired to do what they've been doing. Mm-hmm. They know they've got to make a change, but just because of how our brains are being set up and wired, we would rather stay semi-uncomfortable than to actually go for what will actually allow us to live the life that we want. Right. That's why everyone settles for what they tolerate, but not like but only a small percent of people actually achieve what they actually want. Because right. we just get what we tolerate, we don't get what we want. So with that being said, why external perspectives and why self-awareness well it's because if we're living in the weeds and we're running running in the weeds and we can't really see what's happening and where we're actually heading towards we won't know exactly how bad things are until things get really 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 bad right that's why entrepreneurs kind of work on avoiding burnouts only after they've burned out burned out (laughs) or lost a business because of that yep one of the things like obviously if you don't have one Get yourself an accountability partner, join mastermind groups if you can, hire a personal coach if you, if you can. And that will always, always be the number one thing that we we'll go for. But let's say you just want to do it yourself. That's completely fine, although it's not the most ideal, um, ideal method to do so. But at least start some for journaling or tracking. Because if you're able to, from an objective banner, look at hard data as in, hey, how many, how many hours am I sleeping? How, how much money am I making per hour per, per hour of, of, of time? Mm. Looking back at the past three days, do I actually feel more free and more productive or do I actually feel more tired and unproductive and just being busy? Right. Because if you feel like you're heading towards the wrong direction, the best time to pivot is right now. Right. So on the business coaching side, when you work with people who are in businesses, especially when they're when they're busy entrepreneurs, right? They're like, 
I'm just so busy right now. I've got everything up in the air. When I have things calmed down, which we both know is never going to happen, especially if you're just grinding towards the busy stuff, but it's always the once things have calmed down or once I accomplish X or once I put out this fire over here, or once I'm at a certain revenue level, then I'll deal with this. Then I'll come and talk to you about dealing with this. What's your answer to that? Well, I think it's a false dichotomy that it's so sad. He makes us think that we must sacrifice all that's married to us and we must grind, hustle, and just work ourselves to the ground in order for us to grow professionally mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur or any kind of professional. Because one thing that allows entrepreneurship, coaching, or whatever business model you're in is that you're able to create leverage. So rather than thinking, so two areas, two areas to tackle this idea that I must put in all the hours now so that I can have more time later. Mm-hmm. First of all, there is no endpoint unless your end goal is to liquidate your business, sell your business, have a big paycheck, and sell sell C's afterwards. Yeah. 10,000, 20,000, 50,000, 100,000 per month. As you scale up your responsibilities, your workload will actually increase yep. if you're not careful with it. Yep. And if you don't set boundaries right now, those boundaries will just, just keep getting crossed. Yep. I always tell my clients, hey, you think that by going from, um, by spraying you from 20,000 to 50,000, you get your time back because mm-hmm. you can just hire everyone, you delegate everything and, every, and, and everything can just be done for you. Well, guess what? It doesn't happen that way. Nope. The workload actually gets increased you have more, you, you require more bandwidth to manage your team. You've got decisions to make and there are always things to do for a business if you want to grow. Yep. So first things first, set boundaries right now. There's yep. no such thing as I can invest time right now and have time back later. Second thing, second thing, stop having that belief. Stop clinging on the belief of an employee. We are not... <laughs> in a path, um, we're not in a situation where we'd have to trade our time for money. With the right processes, with the right systems, with the right guidance, there are so many ways in which you can create leverage with time. And there are so many ways where you can unshackle that bond between your time and your income. You've just got to allow your mind to accept that in order for you to open up your mind to ideas and opportunities to achieve more with less and harness the power of addition by subtraction. So uh, first point, that's the tactical standpoint. Second point, that's the mental and belief standpoint. So hope both of those are valuable to your audiences. Yeah, absolutely. A couple of follow-ups. I've got one for each side. So you mentioned the setting of the boundaries, and this brings us back to where we were talking about earlier with the profit first concept, right? As far as the, the way you manage your money with profit first is to decide in advance what percentage of, of the money coming in is going to go to what areas, you know, where am I going to make those investments? The taxes, the paying myself, the um, operational expenses, all that kind of fun stuff. And if you don't determine in advance, this is it. This is like my OPEX percentage is only 30% of all of my revenues, which means that I'm not going to spend on expenses any more than 30% of my revenues. That's all the business gets. I have to make it work with that amount of money. And if I can't, I got to start getting creative or I got to cut some things. If you don't learn to, it sounds like what you're saying is if you don't learn to do that, a similar thing like that with your time early on, it's just, you're just going to get same with, same with profit first and money. If you don't, if you don't set a limit, this is how much I have to spend. You're going to wind up just spending more and more and more. Your expenses are always going to go up. 
the money comes in, the expenses go up, the money goes up, the expenses go up and it stays the same. You're always broke. It sounds like you're saying that's the exact same thing with your time. As you scale your business up, if you haven't put a limit on, this is how much time you get, the time you invest or the time that it takes from you is just going to keep scaling up as well. Is that, is that right? Exactly. Exactly. As the age of Parkinson's law states, yep. work expands in accordance to the time and space allocated towards it. So if you give yourself 40 hours per week to work on your business, you'll probably spend 40 hours per week. If you give yourself 80 hours, you'll spend 80 hours. Mm -hmm. So from our first standpoint, I always tell my, my class this, hey, pay yourself first. Pay yourself first in terms of time for sleep, yep. time to eat, time to have date nights, time to spend time with family, time to, time to go on a family vacation. They've been pushing away for the past three months. Yep, or three years yeah. or five years. Yeah. Yeah. For years of five years, yes, exactly. I like I, I had class before who used to have vacations when they're still working a job, and when they went full time in the business, they never ever took a vacation for the past five years. And that's again the decisions being made that takes them further away from living the life that they want to live. So, yeah. yeah, first of all, yes, the same principles applies to your time. Hey, if I want like and. Let, let's say I want to go from 10,000 per month to 30,000 per month. How can I go from 10,000 to 30,000 per month whilst capping my work hours at 40 hours per week? That's a constraint and that allows our goals to give us longevity and not allow us to, and prevent us from sacrificing what matters most for name, like for, for numbers or for just accolades and success. So first of all, yes, set boundaries. Same principles of bias. And number two, make sure that you allocate time to work on your business as yep. well as work yep. in your business. Yep. Okay. How much time can I allocate to sales and marketing? Okay. This is the amount of time I, I, I allocate for direct profit producing activities. Mm -hmm. Can I generate the amount of money that I want within the time frame? If not, things are going to change. Yep. And if we're intellectual and, and, I'm just going to go on a mini tangent here. Okay. Most people aren't earning the amount of money that they want, not because of them being physically lazy. It's because of them being intellectually lazy. Most entrepreneurs, they default to adding more hours and working harder. Yes. Whenever they feel like they're falling short of their revenue goals and they, they feel like they're just not going to hit their numbers. Yep. But that's only going to cause them to become the bottleneck of their business. Yes. What works is their ability to use their intellect to ask themselves, hey, how can I achieve more without any more hours? Yep. By either removing or eliminating low-value work and replacing them into actions that actually move the needle the most, or by leveraging the time, by delegating away the decisions and tasks that are worth 10 bucks per hour. Yep. So at the end of the day, again, we just got to be creative. Same thing with money. We've just got to be creative on how we allocate our time for maximal leverage and maximal return on time invested. Yep. Absolutely. And that's the same thing on the money side. You, the interesting thing is when you do the, the money, the money side. So when you do profit first on the other side, you say, okay, 30%, that's all you get. And that 30% doesn't cover. It's like, well, how do I get these things done, these services that I need or deliver my product or what or my service in this monetary constraint? 
that forces you to get creative about how you're going to do it. Maybe you deliver more efficiently. You come up, but what winds up happening quite often for entrepreneurs is when they don't have money or they've they've put that limit, whether it's a, a limit of 30% that they've put on for themselves or 50%, whatever that they've put on themselves, or whether it's, I only have $5,000, that's all I got. Um, they get lazy. The first place they go is, well, I'll just work harder. Or I'll just work more. I'll just, I'll just do it myself. Even though I suck at it, even though I hate doing social media or whatever, it's, I'm just going to do it myself. And like you said, I, I think it's that, I don't know if it's laziness or if it's just lack of creativity. It's just like, this is the only option. Well, what if you stopped and asked yourself, I've got to live within this money budget and this time budget. What would I do? I think you see better solutions. And that's when you see people coming up with disruptive answers, right? All of a sudden their business is leaping ahead, leapfrogging ahead of everybody because they've figured out how to do it faster and cheaper because they had to get creative about it instead of just going, well, I guess I'll just work more. Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head there. I think exactly. that brings us though, back to your, when you talk about leveraging. So a lot of the folks listening to this podcast and a lot of my clients are the, the ones that they don't want to build a huge team. So when we start talking about leveraging things and offloading, you know, the low value times, you know, the anxiety starts to build like, oh no, here, here we are again. We're talking about, oh, I got to go hire a team. And, you know, it's like, okay, well, hold on. There've got to be ways that you can leverage time that don't necessarily mean I've got to go out and hire a full-time social media person and a full-time appointment setter and a full-time closer and like all those different things. What are some ways that folks can leverage time as a business owner who is a coach who's active with clients or, or, or a consultant or you know someone who personally is, is active with clients as the key of their business? What are ways they can leverage time without having to go hire a team of 25 people? Simplification. Simplification. Beautiful. Yes. Okay. Simplification. So explain. So, a lot of times coaches overcomplicate their business. Yes. Let's say they are making around 10 to 20,000. Mm -hmm. And if, if the pathway of you going to 10 to 20,000 is you branching out to five social media, so tweeting on Twitter, dancing on TikTok, posting on Facebook, filming things on YouTube, all those things. Mm -hmm. And you're launching a battle letter, a low ticket offer, a front end offer, a back sell, like like an upsell, downsell, upside downsell around your core offer. And then next thing you know, you're writing a book. Like it's going to be freaking <laughs> hard to scale the business and create leverage when you don't actually know where your sales are coming from. And when you don't actually know what is actually making the most money and the most impact for a business. Right. So, so this might sound cliche, but it's true. Simplicity scales and complexity fails. There's obviously like, yes, let's say if you are, if let's say you want a hundred leads. Mm -hmm. If you choose to establish 10 lead sources that brings in 10 leads each, rather than one lead source that brings in 100 leads and that's scalable, try to delegate those 10 lead sources and those 10 content calendars will obviously cause you to go crazy along with whoever you're delegating that process to. Because <laughs> it's going to be very hard to explain to them what this mess is when there's so many moving parts. Yep. So. Yep. By creating leverage, if you want to actually stay at a like, like um, say as a solopreneur or have a small team and not scale things up to an, to a complete empire, well, keep things simple because I believe simplicity is the core value that's driving this decision. 
So rather than creating more strategies, more processes, more offers, more systems for a business, think about ways you can scale up what is working. That's、mm-hmm. it. Because by you repeating what is working, that's complexity by itself. Yeah, going from five clients in this program to fifteen clients in this program—that's complexity. That's enough complexity for you to deal with. Now imagine going from five clients to fifteen clients, and writing a book, and branching off to free social media channels, and and creating another offer. Yeah, it's going to be too much. Yep. Well, and even if you're even if you're not like even if you decide, okay, I'll I'll delegate a bunch of this. The time you're going to have to spend. Teaching each of these different things to someone, and it's probably going to be a different person for each one because someone who has a skill set for, say, posting on TikTok is not going to have the same skill set for running the admin side of things. Is not going to have the same skill set for onboarding new clients. So, like, I think the more complexity you add, the like you say, even if even if you're not doing it yourself, I think you're setting yourself up for a giant time suck. Exactly, exactly. And for whoever is delegating, here's、um, here's a practice that I do with my clients. We never ever delegate anything that hasn't yet been proven for our business. For our business. Right. So whenever our clients make a sale or has a successful launch, we reverse engineer the whole process into what's worked, what did not work, what is the exact process that gotten us results, and then we take those processes and turn it into SOPs to then delegate. Because like too many people jump the gun, they don't even have. Let's for example, people just think that like there are so many coaches out there who think that hiring a setter will immediately fill their calendars with qualified appointments, which is ultimately not true. If you、no. don't have a process that allows you to number one start qualified conversations with qualified prospects, and number two, an actual system that's proven to bring people from comments or opt-ins or just people on the pipeline into calls, hiring a setter is not going to solve the problem because you don't have things proven in your business yet. Right. Multiplying inefficiencies will only create more inefficiencies. Yep, exactly that. And there's so many folks that that are like, you know what? I don't have a social media strategy. I need to be better at social media. I'm just going to hire this company that does social media for me, and they're going to make it work. Well, how do you know? Like, or I'm going to hire somebody off Fiverr who who says I'm a social media expert. You just I'll I'll do all I'll do your calendar and I'll do all your posting for you. Okay, great. I've never done a successful post that's brought in clients before in my life, but sure, I'll hire this person cheap and have them do it for me. It's like, well, how's that going to work? Like, which one of you knows what posts to write or how to bring it? If you don't know how to talk to your clients so that or your prospects so that they'll become clients, hiring somebody to talk to fifty thousand people in a way that doesn't work is it's a waste of time. It's a waste of money, right? It's just going to frustrate、yeah. you. So that's cool. So. I mean, clearly you're passionate about this, and I think that's awesome. What are you excited about? Like, what right now are you just jazzed about? What's going on in your world? This is something that is a long time coming. I've created a new PDF that、okay. takes around ten minutes to read. That distills the three pillars that me and my clients use to scale up our income, impact, influence, and scale down. Our work hours, and it's called the ultimate guide to having more clients by working less. So I've recently released it in my private group, and if and hey, it's gonna be free. It's just my way of giving back to people because I feel like a lot of people needs to learn how and needs to adopt the ability 
to harness the power of addition by subtraction. And this ultimate guide is my way of delivering those principles, processes, and strategies in the most implicit way and at least time-consuming way as possible. And if your audience wants a copy, I'm more happy to just drop it, drop the link below and you can just drop it in the show notes or wherever you can house your link. Yeah. Yeah, well, definitely. We'll put it in the show notes. People can grab it. It is the ultimate guide to having more clients by working less. Cool. And, you know, it makes sense that it's a PDF that can, you decided to do it in a, in a, in a quick, easy to digest format because weirdly you're about helping people do things faster, more efficiently with less and do less, take less time to accomplish more. So that's cool. So thanks for that. I appreciate that. Um, And I'm sure that there's a number of folks that listen that will, will go grab that. By the way, if you're listening, go grab that. I think that'll be important. You talk about your three pillars. I just, one last sort of, sort of follow-up. I don't want to spoil the document, but real quick, if what are the, what would you say about the three pillars? It's important for someone to know. One, leverage your time appropriately into actions that move the needle the most. Okay. Number two, simplify your business in a way that's, that introduces scalability and takes away complexity. Mm-hmm. And number three, when the foundations are being well established, multiply what's working. Multiply what's working. Don't add on new funnels until... Like don't add on new funnels, don't add on new shiny objects, don't add on new complexities until you have fully leveraged the opportunities that already lies within your business. Gotcha. Too many people have untapped potential with what they're already sitting into. And this guide tells, like shows you exactly step-by-step process on how can you actually make the most of your time and make the most out of what's within your business without you actually having to take on anything more nice and in any ways it actually take away things that are inefficient so that you actually have time back nice that's awesome i think it's important we say if especially if you're going to be the center of your business if you're if you're wanting to just do uh, kind of that lifestyle business that that gives you that half a million dollars a year that gives you know on your schedule i think you've got to be do one thing do it really well do it over and over again, um, at least until you get to a certain point where there's an easily fulfilled demand for something else. But I, like the idea that you that you said of, of people jumping from the next shiny object, I need I need to add another thing. I feel like that guy over there, he's he's selling it to my same target market. And he sells two things. I got to sell two. It's like no, just do what you're good at. Do it over and over again until it gets so good that that it's boring, and then maybe think about doing something else. Exactly, exactly. And uh, just as a tip to leave your audience with, whoever's listening, if you feel like there hasn't been any consistency in your business lately, look back at where your focus has gone. Mm-hmm. Because after working with over 100 clients, I figured the root cause of unpredictable revenue is unpredictable behavior of the entrepreneur. Yeah. Example, let's say you're making 20K a month, working 40 hours per week. That's completely fine. You can completely run with that. But you then jump onto a project that you think might make another 10,000 per month, but that would require you to dedicate another 10 hours per week. And then you end up with two choices. Number one, you can either add on 10 hours per week extra to your work hours, or you unconsciously stop doing what has been working and replace the 10 hours of real profit produce activities with 10 hours of experimental work that may or may not generate revenue. Yep. The next thing you know, you've got the rug pulled under you. So 
shiny object syndrome, like that's an example of why it's so deadly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's very important. It's a great tip. If someone's worried, if they're going to be a solopreneur or a very small team or, or just like a couple of part-time subcontractors handling things for them, I think it's important for them to be okay with being bored about the business side. Like let the business side be boring, get your excitement from your work with your clients and or your life outside of your business. I, th- I think fundamentally that's, that's kind of where it's got to be if you're going to be that solopreneur or that, you know, where you're the focus of your business. But man, it has been great to have you here, Michael. I appreciate it. Um, some great stuff. I'm going to go check out <laughs> your, your guide. Um, I highly recommend that everybody else listening, go check it out as well. Um, I'm a big believer that, you know, you and I work with some of the same overlapping market and that is totally fine because there are some people that I am meant to serve and serve by working with as clients. Um, and there are others that are not so much. I serve them by listening, by putting out this podcast for them to listen to and introducing them to people like you who help people in a different way. So I really hope that if, if, someone was listening to this podcast and you heard something from Michael that spoke to you that made you go, wow, holy crap, that's a, that's an answer to me. By all means, go check him out. You're, there, you're not being disloyal to me, Michael, and, and downloading his thing. Get into his ecosystem, learn everything you can from him. And you know what? If, if, if it seems like to you, investing and working with Michael is the way to move your business to where you want it to go, I highly encourage you to go do that. Michael's a great guy and... Um, we just met like a few months ago, but everything that I've learned from him and seen from him, um, I'm really looking forward to an ongoing relationship and uh, and I think he can help. So thanks for being here today, Michael. Appreciate it. And for having me, Josh. And just want to say, I it's very rare for us to come across people who see people like fellow coaches as collaborators rather than competitors. And I think more and more people should actually yeah, adopt that mindset and you're one of them. And I guess that's why we jam, that's why we gel. And I just want to say, whatever you're doing for clients. It's amazing keeping what you're doing. And yeah, thanks for having me. I don't think I should, like, I need to tell that to your listeners, but hey, Joss is an amazing person. Listen to his podcast, binge watch his shows, take on whatever he releases because yeah, whatever he's doing, it's worth your time, it's worth your money, it's worth your attention. That's it for this episode of Profit for Coaches. I've been your host, Joss Willard. To make sure you never miss a new episode, go to ProfitforCoaches.com to subscribe now. You'll also find all the show notes, resources, guides, links, freebies, and other goodies that we mentioned on the show. Plus, we've got some special bonuses there just for our subscribers. So to make sure you profit fully from this and each new episode of Profit for Coaches, go to ProfitforCoaches.com now.